WDBM East Lansing. Welcome to Impact Exposure. Exposure is 88.9 The Impact's one-hour forum discussing relevant issues affecting the MSU community. And now, tonight's Exposure. Um, I'm your host, Melissa, bringing this to you, courtesy of Impact 88.9 FM, lovely station. Um, tonight, we've got a great guest uh, list for you. We've got Senior Class Council coming in to talk about the Charity Bowl that they're going to be having. Um, we also have Christian Campus Ministry coming in to talk a little bit about their organization, um, as well as a representative from the MSU Housing Fair, um, which will be coming on up later this week. But first, we have two guests in the studio, um, Jeremy and Amanda, here to talk a little bit about the National Honor uh, Fraternity Phi Sigma Pi and their uh, charity event that's coming up, the Pi Mile. So if you have any questions for Amanda and Jeremy, feel free to give us a call. The number is 432-3893. So Amanda, Jeremy, how are you guys doing tonight? Excellent. Very well, thank you. Awesome. So um, first, can you guys tell us a little bit about uh, Phi Sigma Pi? What does your organization do? All right. Well, we are a co-ed National Honor Fraternity. Um, we are a national fraternity as well with um, chapters all over the U.S. Um, here at MSU, our chapter is Beta Sigma. Um, our tripod is scholarship, leadership, and fellowship, and we just try to plan events and get people involved on campus to uh, to use those. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Now, most of the time when people think of fraternities, they think of, like, well, fraternities are for guys, sororities are for girls. So um, tell us a little bit more about your fraternity in that sense. Well, it does run like a Greek system, um, so it is social in a way, but it also is more oriented oriented towards service. Um, and because we are a national honor fraternity, because of Title IX in 1977, we did have to include um, these lovely women right here. Um, <laughs> so we are fortunate in that we are different because we're a co-ed honor fraternity as opposed to a sorority or a fraternity. All right. And how many members do you guys have at MSU? Over 60. Excellent. So tell us a little bit about the Pi Mile. What's it all about? Pi Mile is our annual 5K run walk for charity. All the proceeds go to the charity that's chosen for that year. Um, and we're just really trying to, you know, keep the tradition going and getting the word out about it so more people come and participate. Well, how long has it been going? It has been going um, since 1996, I believe. This mm -hmm. is our 10th year. Excellent. So are you guys doing anything special for the 10th anniversary? Um, not specifically. We do have a new award this year, however. Um, it's called the Pi Award. So the person, the people that come in third place in each of our three divisions in the race will win a pie in addition to the other prizes. And also we're trying to make it more um, geared towards our national fraternity. Our national philanthropy is Teach for America, so we are going to benefit Teach for America this year. Awesome. Um, so are you going to have representatives from Teach for America participating in the event? Yes, we are. Actually, the Michigan State recruiter, Eric Isham, is going to be there. He's going to run, and he's also going to do a presentation for us before the race starts to let all the participants know a little bit more about Teach for America um, and what the organization's all yeah, about. They're really excited about this event. They're excited that we're helping them out, and they definitely need the help, and we're excited to uh, participate in uh, everything to benefit them. 
How many organizations have registered with uh, or, or are going to be participating um, in this event? Well, right now, um, as it stands, our event is on Saturday, and we have over 250 runners registered so far, which is by far the most uh, number of pre-registered runners that we've had um, by far over any other year. How many did you guys have last year? Around 200 uh, total the day of. All right. Um so I guess, like, why do you guys think that there's been such a jump um, in interested participants this year? I think we did really well with the promotion this year. We also partnered up with um, the state and state government. We have been endorsed by Dr. Kimberly Dawn Wisdom, who's the state surgeon general of Michigan. So she helped us out quite a bit. And we've also been endorsed by the Governor's Council of Fitness. Um, and that means that um, anyone who is 18 years or older that registers for our race is eligible to qualify for a lottery to run across the Mackinac Bridge on Labor Day uh, 2007. And only 300, pe 300 people are uh, allowed to do that. Oh, so I, I guess, like, um, how do you get involved in that lottery? Like, um, why is it so elite to run across the uh, the Mackinac Bridge? It's an exclusive event. It's an event that usually the governor runs across each year. Granholm has done it for the past couple of years. So it's just, you know, it's it's the elite running event, per se, of the state of Michigan. You know, it's exciting to run across the Mackinac Bridge, I suppose. So uh, potentially some a runner from um, your event could participate in that. Absolutely. Very true. So that's got to be pretty exciting. Yep, that's a good... Uh, Good reason to register. Yeah, so like if there's some avid runners out there, so like, mm -hmm. going for that that top spot. So um, I guess like how long have you guys been um, well with this organization and with this particular project? Um, I've been a brother for a year and a half, and this is my first year slash semester as a service co-chair with Jeremy. Mm -hmm. And I rushed uh, just this past spring, and we both were elected service co-chairs, and as part of our duty as service co-chairs, we plan and execute the Pi Mile. All right. So, um, like, since you guys didn't do it last year, like, I guess how, how has it been for you kind of taking on this project this year? It's been a really big <laughs> role to take on. Um, but we've worked really well together, and we've had a lot of support from within the fraternity. Um, so they've really been key in getting participants out, flyering, letting people know about the race. Yeah, I mean, it's been really exciting, I would say. I'm a little bit nervous for it, I'm not going to lie, but I'm just, I'm really excited. I'm excited, you know, it's going to be cold, though, but, you know, I'll be jumping up and down with excitement, so I'll keep warm. So, um, like, what are what what has been some of, one of the most challenging things that you guys have encountered um, with this project? Uh, I don't know. I don't know what that would be. I think it's just it's a, one of the largest events that our fraternity puts on, not just at Michigan State, but nationally. So it's been a lot of pressure and a lot of burden on our shoulders to make sure that, you know, this event isn't a flop. But mm -hmm. the fact that we've already had um, 250 runners plus sign up is just something that I, it's, I'm dumbfounded by it. I just can't believe that we have done so much to get the word out there about Pi Mile that it's just exciting that we have so many runners signed up already. And we still have a few more days. We've been averaging three registrations a day, and then coming on, uh, coming closer to the event, we're just getting more and more people registered. And people will show up even the day of um, on October 28th. So it's just, it's been really exciting. All right. Now, when it comes to the run, is there going to be like a stratification into age groups, uh, men, women? Like how, how are you guys going to break up the runners? We have three running groups. We have men's running, women's running, and walking. Um, all the participants will start the race together, um, just, you know, stratifying themselves into, you know, running runners up front and walkers behind. Um, but everybody heads out together, and then they just come in 
whenever whenever they get there. All right. And where's this going to be located? The fees, the Fee Acres Courtyard, um, right by Conrad Hall. All right, um, and I guess like um, for people out there who don't know what like a five k like approximately, where's the the track or the course for this? Um, it starts in the Acres Fee Courtyard, um, and for those of you who don't know, five k is three point one four miles. Hence the Pi Mile title. Hence the Pi Mile because it's close to Pi. Clever. <laughs> and. Um, what it'll do is it'll go up, and it mostly follows the, the Red Cedar River west and goes down by the College of Education up to Wells in the library and then comes back down the other side of the river. We'll have maps so people won't be hopefully too confused, but it's a good scenic route of campus. Yeah, Even really if you just nice. wanted to come out and walk, it would definitely be something interesting. You'll learn about Teach for America along the way. We'll have signs posted up just so you can have more information on that. All right. So I guess, like, what type of information about Teach for America are you guys going to be distributing? Like, what what are some of the facts that people see? Um, Eric, the recruiter for MSU, is going to be coming to do a presentation in the Conrad Auditorium before the race. Um, that's going to be at 945. The race actually starts at 1030, so plenty of time um, to do a short presentation and then warm up and get out there to start. And also, we are going to have... Um, Facts and posters about Teach for America within the auditorium where registration is in Conrad, as well as along the race course. So runners, you know, probably won't see them as they'll be focused on uh, the path ahead, but we're hoping that walkers will take a little more time as they're passing by, read the signs, learn a little bit more about the organization. And especially this week with all the presentations about Teach for America coming to campus, a lot of people know what have heard the words Teach for America, but don't necessarily know what it means. So we're just trying to get bring awareness to the organization. Well, speaking of, because um, we have talked uh, quite a bit, thrown out like the Teach for America exactly. name without really going into what the um, organization's about. So do you guys want to maybe give us a little brief background about them? Sure. Um, Teach for America, um, let's see, I'm not sure exactly when they were founded in, um, but about 15 years ago, they were founded um, to enlist our nation's most promising future leaders in the movement to eliminate educational inequality. Um, right now, 4,400 Teach for America Corps members work in 25 urban and rural areas that are profoundly affected by the achievement gap. So these are schools in rural or urban areas where it's been addressed that there is a very large achievement gap. Um, and recent college graduates um, apply and then are trained as as teachers and they commit for two years to teach in one of these schools. It's right. definitely important to make sure that everyone gets an equal opportunity in life and I think Teach for America is a good uh, organization that can support um, education in America, even rural and urban settings. I just think it's important that everyone achieves equal opportunity in life and Teach for America is helping with that. All right. Now if people are interested in finding out more information about like Teach for America itself, is there a website that they can go to? Teachforamerica.org. Excellent. Um, so I guess, like, going back to a little bit about, like, the, the race that's coming up, are you guys going to be participating? I probably will be pulling my hair out just out of nerves, but um, I, I I will be on site. We'll both be on site that whole day, and Amanda's going to yeah. have the burden of working the finish line for the race. <laughs> Oh, so um, why will you be pulling your your hair out? I don't know. I just, uh, I'm nervous for it. But again, as I said, I'm just really excited. I think it's going to mm -hmm. be a great event. 
Oh, okay. And um, you mentioned like a couple of the prizes, like um, I guess like how are you guys going to break down um, like winners? Like, is it just going to be the top winner for each category or what are you guys going to do for that? We're going to have prizes for the top three in each category. Um, and we've got a lot of great prizes. We have um, coupons from Cozy. We have, what else? Curious have? Books. Curious um, Books. Donated gift some gift certificates. We have gift certificates to Great Harvest Bread. Um, which is exciting. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. So, awesome. Those are just a few. All right. Um, as well as like, um, oh gosh, uh, oh, sorry, sorry. I'm just kind of fading out here right now. I just had a long day. Um, anyways, uh, going back to, I guess, like some of, um, your sort of like apprehensions about this because you mentioned like pulling out your hair like what are some of the things that <laughs> I'm just curious like what are some of the things that you guys are going to be doing to prepare for um the the 28th well actually uh right after this Amanda and I are going to walk the course and see if there are any like last minute you know just shrubbery that someone could trip over and just make sure um that everyone is safe on the race we're actually going to have crossing guards to make sure that the runners are safe when they're crossing major roads we're just going to do a last minute check and then friday we're going to have another meeting just to make sure that everything's in place for the big event because as i said this is the biggest event that phi sigma pi puts on nationally so it's a huge burden but at the same time it's also great responsibility and i think that we're very happy to be service co-chairs for this fraternity and put on this event and help great cause. We're really excited that we have so many people pre-registered already, and we just want to make sure that the event lives up to its reputation and that it's a great time for everybody that comes out. And um, where do people go to pre-register? There's uh, the, If you wanted to pre-register, we have a website, org. Um, where you can download a registration form and send it into our uh, unofficial house, or you can use PayPal online to register. Okay, excellent. Um, and when is like the last possible moment that people you can, can register? You can register up until the race starts. The right. day of, we're going to have at registration 10:30. tables out there. The race is going to start on October twenty eighth at ten thirty in the morning, and we'll have registration tables out there as early as nine o'clock in the morning. Oh gosh, bright and early. Bright and early. <laughs> oh, that's that's sad. But um, now, if people are interested in getting more involved in like your um, service fraternity, um, what can they do for that? We also have a lot of information on our fraternity. We just completed our fall rush, but if people are interested, um, we do have rush every semester. They can go to phi sig pi msu dot org and find out more information about that. All right. Well, I guess, like, I just want to thank you both for coming on, and I wish you best of luck with the um, the Pi Mile that's going to be coming up. Mm-hmm. So, um, very creative name, by the way. Like, <laughs> <laughs> wouldn't have gotten it if you hadn't explained it to me, but awesome. Well, awesome. Thank you very much for having us. Yep, no problem. So, uh, once again, that's going to be the, the Pi Mile, which is a 5K, which is about 3.1 miles, is going to be held um, uh, October 28th. At 10.30 a.m. is the start time of the race, so if people are interested in registering, they might want to get there a little bit early, especially with the uh, 9.45 information on uh, Teach for America session that Eric will be holding. And that's going to be happening. um, Well, the the Teach for America info session is at Conrad Auditorium, and the actual race is going to start in the Fee Acres Courtyard. That's right. Awesome. Well, I want to thank you both for coming on uh, tonight. We do appreciate it. Thank you very much. Thanks a lot for having us. Up next on your exposure, we've got some people coming in to talk about the MSU Housing Fair here on Impact 88.9 FM. You're listening to Exposure on 88.9 The Impact. 
At the football game, Jim shows the telltale signs of being wasted. He starts flexing for the camera. He refers to his muscles as gunboats. He screams, how's this for a halftime show? Jim streaks the field. It's easy to tell if you've had way too many to drive. But what if you've had just one too many to drive? Never underestimate just a few. Buzz driving is drunk driving. A public service announcement brought to you by the U.S. Department of Transportation, the Ad Council, and this station. For more variety than you'll hear on any other station, listen to the Impact Primetime, where you can find a different specialty show every night of the week. Sunday nights, check out Sit or Spin from 8 to 10 p.m., where you can voice your opinion on what new music we play here on The Impact. Only on Impact Primetime. You're listening to Exposure on 88.9, The Impact. Phone lines are open at 432-3893. And now, back to Exposure. And we're back here with your exposure here on the Impact 88.9 FM. I'm Melissa bringing another organization into the studio. Um, We actually have some folks here uh, to talk about the MSU Housing Fair for um, the next 15 minutes. Uh, Amber, Rachel, and Christina will will be giving us a little bit more details on that. So if you guys have any questions for for the trio that we have in the studio, feel free to give us a call at 432-3893. So, you guys, how are you doing tonight? Great, thanks. Good, thank you. Excellent. Um, so for people who don't know about the MSU Housing Fair, um, what exactly is it? Well, it's an event that is used to educate people in MSU or around the city of East Lansing about their housing options, what they have available to them, such as apartments or on-campus living, houses, cooperatives, all of the information that they would need to make a good decision on where they want to live for next year. All right. Um, now, I heard that like some other organizations are going to be there as well, like uh, ASMSU Legal Services. Um, so I guess like uh, it sounds like it's not just going to be about, about housing. Yes, that's true. There are going to be a few educational sessions. Mm-hmm. Um, I know the East Lansing Police Department is going to have an educational session that will center around party policies and things of that sort, how to refrain from getting tickets and noise violations and pretty much the codes and laws to obey when having a party. All right. Um, so this kind of sounds like a little bit more than like your typical housing fairs and sounds like a little bit more than like landlords and coming in. Um, why do you think it's... Uh, important that they bring in like these educational panels? Um, I think it's important that the students who are choosing to live in the East Lansing community get a sense that they are in a community. Um, They need to realize that there are long-term residents and students in the areas and these educational sessions will hopefully get them to um, recognize um, the different facets of the community they're living in. And just to jump off that a little bit, I think that It's important for students who it's their first year living off campus to realize how much different it is to take care of a house or to deal with your neighbors in a little bit different environment than the dorms. There's nobody babysitting you when you live on your own, and it comes with a lot more responsibility. What are are some of the major responsibilities that um, students face when they go from living on campus to off that they might not realize? I think it's the biggest thing is living among long-term residents, people who have to get up for work by 8 o'clock in the morning when we might still be blaring our music at, you know, 11.30 or beyond. So it's just the clash between um, two different groups living together so closely that you didn't have to deal with in the dorms. All right. 
Um, now, as far as like housing fair, um, what? How many landlords are going to be attending this p- particular fair? I believe there's going to be more than 15 property owners there, including property, including uh, apartments. Um, RH, RHA is going to be there. DTN, uh, SHC Student Housing Cooperative, and a list of others that I cannot think of off the top of my head. But by property owners, you mean more than just, like, rental housing units? Yes, people that own actual properties or rent out properties. Now, will students, like, um, have an opportunity to sign leases while at at this event? No, this is purely an educational event. Uh, There there shouldn't be any lease signing available at all. Okay. Now, um, when it comes to, like, uh, it... Students are pretty eager to get, like, their leases signed and, and whatnot. Like, what are some of, like, the the incentives to bring students to sort of, like, these educational um, panels before they sign those leases? I think there's a lot of benefits just to learning some things about the community, but there's also going to be some uh, raffles for some prizes that you can um, be entered in. The more educational sessions you attend, the more chances you have to win. We're... Um, some of the raffle prizes will be gift certificates or an iPod. Um, there's lots of different opportunities to win. Right. Um, like, I guess, like, how are students going to be entered into the um, raffles? Oh, they uh, fill out a evaluation form towards the end of each educational session. Each educational session will run about 20 minutes to a half hour long. And towards the end, they'll give you an, eva- an evaluation form, and you'll fill it out. And at the end, there'll be a bottom portion where you put your name and your email, and then you stick it in a box on the way out. And then we'll combine all of the evaluation form parts and pick from that at the end of the housing fair. All right. Now, um, where are the educational uh, sessions going to be held? They're going to be on the second floor of the union in different rooms. And I think the major property owners and vendors are going to be in the ballroom. All right. Um, okay. And, like, how many, uh, I guess, like, students are you expecting to attend the housing fair? I think around at least 1,000 students attend um, in the past. But I'm not sure on that number. Okay. Yeah. Um, was there a housing fair last year? No, there was a housing fair the year previous to that. Last year they didn't have one. Oh, okay. Um, why do you think they didn't have a housing fair uh, last year? I think there was just a lack of being able to plan it in enough time and having enough people to actually take charge of it and plan it out. And this year there was a lot more people really interested in getting involved and making sure it happened. Right. And Well, I guess, like, why do you think that um, people decided to bring it back? I just think it's a really great opportunity to kind of collect all your options. I think if if you're trying to do the housing search all on your own and you don't get to see everything all at once, you might um, get backed into something that you don't know all the perks of yet or something. And how did you guys get involved with organizing the housing fair? Well, I'm a member of the Student Housing Cooperative, and we work with Kathy Newman. She is our student advisor. And she asked for a volunteer to help organize the housing fair, so I was nominated to do that. And I've been meeting with them every Friday with the student coordinators and Kathy. And we've been just planning things and trying to figure out the the best course of action to take and deciding different issues and things of that sort. Um, Amber and I are both members of the Community Relations Coalition, 
and um, basically what we do is we try to foster relationships between the students who live off campus and the long-term residents who live off campus. And so we thought that the housing fair was a really good place for us to help out and get our name out there and things like that. And the Community Relations Coalition is a partner and big supporter of the housing fair. They, um, I think they provide some financial support for it. So. Um, it sounds like there's a lot of, uh, I guess, different organizations that are involved. Like, what organizations are helping put on um, this housing fair? The Community Relations Coalition. I think the police department is a part of it. Um, ASMSU, as you mentioned. RHA. RHA is obviously a big part, and and landlords um, have a really large role in it because it's to their benefit. They're going to profit also by this, so. Okay. Um, now, what are some of the benefits? Um, what, are, what do you think are the most important benefits that students are going to get um, by attending the housing fair? I guess just the collection of all your housing options are right there mm -hmm. in front of you. It, it's so much easier than having to um, seek it out yourself, probably. Mm -hmm. It's just more convenience, I would say, would be the biggest benefit. Okay. Um, now... As far as, like, um, what do you think, like, since students sign so early when it comes to leases, um, like, do you, do you think that the the housing fair is, is timely at all? Because, like, it, it sounds like there are a lot of students who have already signed their leases. So um, how can those students benefit by going to the housing fair, if at all? Those students can definitely still benefit by attending the informational sessions because if they're first-time um, people living off campus or even if they've lived off campus before, there's still probably plenty of stuff that they don't know that they can learn from, say, the police department telling you how to not get a ticket and stuff like that. Okay. Um, now, uh, as far as, like, the, the um, efforts that you guys have put into it, like, what are some of like the the challenges that you've had like putting together this housing fair? Well, I've had difficulty just fitting it all into my schedule. There was a few things that I did, such as um, advertising, posting flyers, um, making displays, going around to businesses and seeing if they'd like to donate to the housing fair um, for prizes that we could raffle off. So, also attending meetings and just getting I helped with getting volunteers as well. So it just took a, a strain on, um, you know, the time that I have available. But it's well worth it, I believe, to have this type of experience available to everyone in the community. I think another challenge is making it something students want to attend or making the educational sen sessions both interesting and informative. That's one thing the Community Relations Coalition is um, doing an educational s session, and we kind of brainstorm different ideas about what would make, what kind of educational session would be best going along with our mission in bringing, bringing different neighborhood groups together and um, as well as making it something that students would want to listen to. So we just kind of bullet pointed the most important things that we thought um, we wanted to know as people living out and about in the communities. So. All right, now um, what is the CRC going to be talking about in their breakout session? Um, mostly just... Um, there's going to be an emphasis on meeting your neighbors because the mission of the CRC is to bring different groups in the the city together to um, foster better relationships. And if you have a relationship with your neighbor, maybe they won't call the police on you. They'll just knock on your door and say, hey, turn your stereo down. So um, hopefully... 
the main focus of our educational session is just getting to know your neighbor, even though it might be kind of an awkward interaction at first, that there's so many benefits that can come from it that it's really beneficial. Mm-hmm. Now, when it comes to, um, well, Christina, you mentioned that you're part of, like, the Student Housing Cooperative. Um, like, I guess, what sort of information will the SHC be giving out at um, the housing fair? Pretty much what a co-op is. A lot of people in East Lansing haven't heard of them. Um, They see flyers and they're like, what? What is this? Can you give me more information? So pretty much saying that we are a nonprofit organization and we pretty much live together in our own tight-knit community and we pretty much work together to maintain our houses. We have 12 houses available on campus or around campus. Great locations, great people live there. And just that... Um, so, uh, which house do you, do you live in? I live in New Community. It's on Anna Division. Um, I've lived there for three years. I am also an active member on the executive committee of the Student Housing Cooperative. I'm the vice president of membership. So I've actually been working this past, these past couple of months to help fill our houses for the next fall semester coming, also the summer semester. Now, um, what are some of the advantages about living in a co-op? Some of the advantages are cheaper rent is usually the advantage. Um, You don't have to deal with a landlord as well. Um, It's definitely easier than living in a dorm. You can have free run of an entire house but have your own space in one room. You pretty much feel like a family in your own house because you get so close to your roommates. And so what are some of like the disadvantages about living in a co-op? Disadvantages is that you have to realize that you are living with other college students who can be messy and who can forget to pick up after themselves. So that's one setback that I've experienced in my house. Right. And um, like the SHC is going to be presenting themselves with, with other um, like property owners. Um, so I guess like, you know, what are you guys hoping... Um, not that it's necessarily competition, but I guess, like, as comparing yourself to, like, DTN um, and other uh, rental properties that are going to be, um, I guess, available at this housing fair, like, what are you guys hoping to, to gain from participating in this housing fair? We're hoping to spread awareness about the cooperative. Everyone knows that there are apartments available for them, that they can rent a house anywhere in the city that they want to, But the co-op is an entire movement that's just different from apartments, from just getting a lease and dealing with landlords and just not having to worry about who you're living with or who you're living living around. Um, It's just the entire entire movement of of the cooperative is to become part of a family, is to be active in the community and to just help help the community to prosper. Mm-hmm. Now, um, the housing fair, when is that going to be happening? That is this Thursday, October 26th, from noon to 4, and it's in the Union on the second floor. All right, and, uh, oh gosh, I guess, like, um, are you guys uh, pretty much all set as far as preparations go? Like, what are you guys still working on when it comes to preparing for this housing fair? We're still accepting property owners to come and sign up and have a table available for people to look for people to get information from them. Um, I think that's about it. We're still 
working on maybe some signs to be put up and but other than that we're pretty much set all right um and what do you what do you hope like uh, as far as like all the stuff that students are going to be receiving information from the police the crc shc as well as like all the different landlords what do you think is the most important thing that students will will get or should get from this housing fair just that they should realize that there's a variety of opportunities available to them and a variety of resources, not only for housing, but just community resources as well. The police don't have to be an enemy. They could be a resource, and there's lots of um, people who are willing to really work with students in the city. So, All right. And if students can't attend the housing fair, is there a place that they can go for more information? I'm not quite sure about that. I think the state news might be running... Um, some articles in conjunction with the housing fair. So. Um, I believe the Student Life website. All right, uh, studentlife.msu.edu? I believe so. All right, excellent. Well, I want to thank all three of you for coming on tonight. We do appreciate it. Thanks for having us. Yes, and um, good luck with your breakout sessions as well as presentations at the housing fair. Thank you. Thank you. Which, once again, is going to be October 26th, which is this Thursday from noon to 5. Need to form. Four. Oh, up in uh, the union. <laughs> mm-hmm. All right. Well, thank you so much. Up next on Exposure, we've got Kaylin Johnson here to talk about the Christian Campus Ministry here on your Impact 88.9 FM. You're listening to Exposure on 88.9 The Impact. For some high school students, school can be a dangerous place. All the gamers look at you as a game member, too. For some, just being in school can be a struggle. I wouldn't go to school. I didn't care about what my mom said. My mom would tell me, like, what are you doing for yourself? You're not doing nothing. But despite all the obstacles, inside every high school student is a graduate. People look down on you if you don't have a diploma. I want to graduate because they say I won't. Go to BoostUp.org and find out how you can help a friend, a son, a daughter finish high school. BoostUp.org. Brought to you by the U.S. Army and the Ad Council. For more variety than you'll hear on any other station, listen to the Impact Primetime, Primetime, where you can find a different specialty show every night of the week. Tuesday nights from 8 until midnight, the Impact's progressive torch and twang brings you the best in alternative country and grassroots music. Only on Impact Primetime. You're listening to Exposure on 88.9, The Impact. Phone lines are open at 432-3893. And now, back to Exposure. And we're back here with your exposure here on the Impact 88.9 FM. I'm your host, Melissa. Right now we've got uh, Kaylin and Tiara in the studio to talk a little bit about Christian Campus Ministry. Uh, So if you have any questions, feel free to give us a call at 432-3893. So how are you guys doing tonight? Fabulous, thanks. Excellent. Um, So tell us a little bit about what is the Christian Campus Ministry. Um, Well, it's a non-denominational, multicultural Christian organization, and we basically just try to teach a real word for real real times. Um, A lot of our things that we go over, we try to make it um, applicable to daily life. I know a lot of people, when involved in Christian uh, Christian organization and ministry period, they don't oftentimes do things where it can correlate to their everyday life. So we put on different programs out the year also to kind of, that are fun but informative as well. All right. Um, so when you're talking about real real life, what issues do you guys address? Um, pretty much just dealing, being a um, college student, like uh, we have a program called Waiting for True Love. Um, 
a lot. I think that's an issue a lot of camp students, just people in general, deal with relationships and things of that nature and how it can relate to your spiritual life as well. Um, we also put on a business program earlier throughout the year and just showing how you can relate um, your spiritual life in every aspect of your life, no matter what you're doing. All right. So um, I guess uh, when it comes to well, business, how does that tie in with spirituality? Because um, I think it's a, it's a big decision um, or a big responsibility as far as a business. And you have to have some type of guidance and, um, I guess, structure to help you because um, I'm pretty sure it's a stressful task like that. And, you know, I think your spirituality helps keep you grounded and in the right direction. And when making big decisions, you can always have that to fall back on. Now, how did you guys get involved with Christian Campus Ministry? Well, I got involved when it first started, and it was started in 2003. And basically, the president and the visionary at the time, she just put out a, a message and was like, hey, just come out to this event. She posted um, a lot of flyers around campus, and that's how I got involved. And that was like the first meeting we had, and I've been in it ever since. So. All right. So what keeps you going back to the organization? The the one thing that really keeps me going back is learning something that's applicable to me. You know, growing up, I did go to church a lot when I was younger, but I they never really addressed the teens or what was going on with the younger people. And I think that's what's keep me going back the most is learning something that pertains to me and, and, you know, having somebody who can relate to me on my level and tell me the truth while we can still have fun. You know, a lot of people are... Um, under the impression that you can't be saved and have fun at the same time, but that's not true. And we do it every Tuesday at our Bible studies, and we do it every Sunday at church service, and I think that's what makes it great for me. It be the same in my case, um, definitely. Uh, it, it's a lot of college students. We're all pretty much the same and dealing with a lot of similar issues, and just having someone to relate, you, relate to you, like she said, it, it keeps me going back as well. And how did you get involved? Um, through a friend, um, I just happened to uh, come in one day and I really enjoyed myself. Um, and I think it was after, actually after being here on campus for about two years, and I kind of tried a few places out, and um, I just really felt at home there. And um, it was like you said, it's a lot of fun. So that's just, get, you know, I'm sticking around with it. And hanging out with it. All right. So tell us a little bit more about the Tuesday night Bible studies. Well, we hold um, Bible study every Tuesday. Right now we're at the Psychology Building in Room 118. And we basically um, we discuss different topics. Um, usually we have a facilitator who who's very open to, like, topics. If you want to discuss something or you have a passage in the Bible that, that you want to discuss, he'd be willing to go over that to you. We ask questions and whatever. And it kind of varies, you know, depending on like the mood of how everybody's feeling or what kind of feedback he's getting. But um, usually we, we try to talk about things that are related to strictly on campus. We try to relate it just to the college students. Most of our members our college students. We do have um, a few um, people in the community who do come out to the Bible studies, and they still enjoy it because, you know, they're like, wow, we didn't know that college students went through, like, the same things that we're going through, even though we live, you know, outside of campus. So um, we try to keep it to where it's a college student-friendly type organization. Awesome. Now, um, do you guys have a, events that are coming up? Um, yep, our 
Coast's event is our um, annual fashion show. We started it last year and it was just fabulous and everybody is just waiting and so excited about our next one. It's um, it's coming up really soon and we're offering tickets. If you want any more information, you can see Vision at vision at msu.edu. Send us an email. We'll give you all the information that you're, um, that whatever you request. And basically we just have six sponsors and we're gonna just model their clothes and we're we're gonna have some raffles and certificates and stuff like that for everybody who who participates right. so um, how I guess like what sort of involvement do you guys have with the the fashion show well we're on the e-board so um, basically we just sat around we planned it we tried to get um, organizations around campus to participate. We also got businesses around the East Lansing and Okemos area to participate. We have After Hours, Formal Wear, David's Bridal, Cache, Coles, TJ Maxx. We wanted to get stuff that um, college students had access to. And so we got those businesses to come out. They donated clothes and stuff like that. So it was really pretty interesting. Um, and why a fashion show? Like, why does your organization choose a, a fashion show? We wanted something that was, that could reach out to not just, you know, one, one group of people. We wanted something where everybody felt they can come out and be a part and, and enjoy it. We didn't want it to be secluded to just, you know, one ethnicity or just one particular size or whatever. We wanted something that could reach out to a broad range of people. And a fashion show was just kind of, it was just off the rocker idea, but everybody was like, yeah, go for it. That's great. And we had a lot of people to show up last year. So we're just going to do it again. And uh, when is that taking place? Uh, that's November 4th. It'll be from 7 to 10 p.m., Yep, and uh, the Union Ballroom. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, and I guess, like, uh, how do you think that the fashion show last year is going to compare to this one? See, that's really tough. We mm -hmm. had a really good time last year, and we had a big plated dinner. We're going to offer the plated dinner again this year to those who want to do it. But um, last year, it was like, it was our first time it was brand new to everybody who was involved but I think this year because we got you know at least one year under our belt we had better planning we have more groups participating so we think this year is just going to top last year it's just going to just surpass it on all levels which is I just can't wait for it I'm sorry I'm so excited <laughs> so is this a, a dress-up event for people who are going Yes, we would like for it to be like um, a little formal if you can, but all people are welcome. If you don't have any formal wear, don't don't feel sad. Last year I didn't have any formal wear, and I was on the e-board, so I was standing there in some jeans, like, hey, you know, I'm here. But and a lot of people did feel they were like, oh, we have one jeans, and it was like, you know, it's okay, just come on out. You're here. You don't have anything else to do. Let's go. Awesome, awesome. Um, so, do you guys have any other events coming up? Actually, yes. Also, um, we have uh, Waiting for True Love is a program that we do every year where we talk about relationships and how they um, affect us um, our everyday life uh, with being a college student as well as your spirituality. And um, that's actually on November 11th, yes, in um, the Iowa room of uh, the Union from 5 to 8 p.m. All right. So, um... I mean, three hours is pretty significant. What are you guys going to be doing um, during that time? Uh, talking about uh, 
relationships, basically a lot of issues that people are dealing with um, in regards to relationships. People always come in with a lot of questions wondering, like, is this okay? Um, in, in regards to relationships or... It, 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 a lot of questions get thrown out, so that's generally why it lasts as long as it do. And just talking about standard also um, when dealing with relationships and a host of other things that just happen to come up. What's the most common question that you guys hear at this event? Uh, one of our most common questions would be, um, is it okay as a couple and a Christian couple, you know, like is kissing okay? You know, a lot of people think, well, if they tell you you can't have sex, is kissing wrong? Or, or how close can an actual couple be? You know, those are mostly our repeated questions. And we take the time out to answer those in depth. We, we try not to let anybody leave with any questions unanswered. And that's why we have a lot of time allotted to that because usually one question will piggyback off of another one. So I think our, our a lot of it stems is, is it okay to be in a relationship and be a Christian at the same time? Or do you should you just wait, you know, until you're out of college or whatever to date or to get married and things like that? And I guess, like, what are um, what are some of the answers that you guys have for for that particular question? Well, in most times, it depends on the situation. You know, if a person is not able to, um, if if they're not able to date and keep up their grades at the same time, well, of course, we're going to tell you. You know, it's best that you wait a little while before you start dating. But it all depends on the person's situation because there's always some underlying you know, um, circumstances that usually after talking with them and questioning a little more, you find out more about it. And you don't want to just tell a person, well, don't do this or don't do that without finding out what's really behind that question. All right. Um, and I guess, like, what resources do you guys use to, to help students with their questions? Um, well, we offer um, some of the ministers from our uh, related church. They come out and participate in this event. We have... Um, we, we we try to find like a lot of resources on campus. We talk to Olin. What kind of things do they tell the the students? Uh, we try to talk to different doctors and everything like that. And we try to um, relate that information to a younger generation. Excellent. And so, what are what do you think is like the the most important thing that students will get out of the waiting for true love um, event? Uh -huh. Well, I think the most important thing they would get out of it is that it's okay to be in a relationship, but as long as you put God first, everything else will work out fine. And some people, you know, they have a tendency to put their significant other before God or their schoolwork, their family, and that's really not the proper order for it to be in, for it to necessarily work. And they're always wondering, well, why isn't it working? Well, you're just doing it out of order. You're not putting your focus where it should be first. And um, do you guys have any other events coming up? Um, we also have a Christian atheist discussion where we uh, get some people to come out. Um, basically, we talk about uh, uh, there's a bit of a stigma that Christians don't necessarily like or deal with agnostics or atheists, and that's not true. Um, I think the problem is neither side really understands each other, and that's why we have a discussion. It's not a debate. It's a discussion where we find out what the other side is really thinking. How do we really feel? And we try to incorporate it to let... Um, we just want to let everybody know we do love you. We, uh, I mean, sometimes we may not agree on everything, but that's just human nature. You know what I'm saying? We shouldn't just 
cancel each other out without hearing both sides and I think that's a lot of the problem especially on campus is that a lot of students are not listening to the other side of the story they just hear one side and stick to it and we want to be able to reach out to everybody it's not just you know this group or that group we need to come together and become one right, and uh, when is that discussion going to take place it's going to take place on November 17th. Um, the place and everything is to be announced. Um, we will have that information on our website, which is through msu.edu tilde vision. And um, you can also send us an email at vision at msu.edu, and we'll get that information to you. Actually, it's scheduled to be in uh, M100 of the business college. But um, that's subject to change. But as of now, that's what it is. Right. And it, it does sound like you guys have a lot of events for the month of November. I mean, do you have any any other events that are coming up? Uh, no, that's all for right oh, now. Oh, okay, <laughs> good. Because I, I was just kind of getting a little bit worried about uh, <laughs> just your, your sanity and well-being. Just because, like, that, that's back-to-back -back right there. Yeah, we had a lot of events this month. So we're we're just putting them all. We want to catch everybody before they go home. Mm -hmm. And so that, that's the time where a lot of the members and other groups say, hey, we have this time available. And because we not just we don't just work within our own group, we work with other groups, too. We try to work around their schedule, too. Also, we want to provide a lot of things for the students to get into because you have all these organizations around campus that offer other things that may not necessarily always be the best option, a lot of partying and things of that nature, and that's available to everybody every weekend, and so we just want to make these type of programs as readily available as everything else on campus. Excellent. Um, and how can people get more involved in uh, your organization, like outside of like these events, but maybe like the, like if they're interested in getting involved in the e-board or, or helping out with these events? Just come out. Just come out to um, one, of the, one of our Bible studies or contact us through email and just let us know your interests and things that you like doing and how you would like to help and be a part of. We welcome anyone. All right. And that email, once again, is vision at msu.edu. Yep. All right. Well, I want to thank both of you two for uh, coming on to the show tonight. Thank we you. do appreciate thank it. You. And good luck with November. You guys <laughs> have a, a full plate ahead of you. Thank you. Yeah. We appreciate yeah. it. <laughs> All right. Up next on your exposure, we've got Megan here to talk about Senior Class Council and the Charity Bowl that they'll be having here on your Impact 88.9 FM. You're listening to Exposure on 88.9 The Impact. Attention shoppers, if anyone is missing a rather plump set of love handles, please come to the customer service counter and claim them. The Apple love handles were lost in the produce department where their former owner had purchased fruits and veggies to munch on during the big game. Thank you and have a good day. Small step number 81, snack on fruits and veggies. It's just one of the many small steps you can take to get healthy. Learn more at www.smallstep.gov. A public service announcement brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and the Ad Council. For more variety than you'll hear on any other station, listen to the Impact Primetime, Prime where you can find a different specialty show every night of the week. Saturday nights from 8 p.m. until 2 a.m., tune into the cultural vibe to hear the best in both local and national hip-hop, plus live mixing on the ones and twos. Only on Impact Primetime. You're listening to Exposure on 88.9, The Impact. Phone lines are open at 432-3893. And now, back to Exposure. Hey, this is Melissa, and we're back here with your Exposure here on the Impact 88.9 FM. Um, actually, 
I was a little bit dishonest. We do not have Megan in the studio, but we do have two lovely ladies to replace her. Um, so how about you guys uh, want to introduce yourself really quick? All right. Um, my name's Teresa. I am a member of the Senior Class Council and on the Philanthropy Committee. And I'm Kim, and I'm also on the Philanthropy philanthropy committee all right and if anybody out there has any questions for Teresa or Kim over the next well about 10 minutes feel free to give us a call at 432-3893 um, do you guys want to tell us just a little bit about senior class council what is it um, senior class council is actually obviously senior based uh, they applied last spring all of us um, we've had some new members join us recently which was great um, it's a variety of things from uh, commencement to philanthropy to senior awards class gift a lot of different opportunities to get involved in kind of your last year here at MSU uh -huh. so um, what attracts well what attracted you guys to um, getting involved with senior class council um, I think for me it was just getting involved uh, being a part of MSU your last year um, it's a great way to kind of get a feel for everything and all the opportunities that we have set out there yeah I, that's the same reason I did it to get involved and we're on the philanthropy chair so it's good um, for community service and stuff like that mm -hmm. it's a great way to meet new people so all right so as um, members of like the the philanthropy sorry I'll all tongue today. Um, uh, what do you guys do um, as a part of that committee? Actually, um, that's half the reason we're here tonight is we're kind of pumping up and promoting um, our n next event that we have going on, which is the Charity Bowl. It is a football tournament, flake football, and it's welcome for any MSU students that would like to participate in it. Um, it'll be taking place November 5th. Uh, from 10 a.m. to 4 p.m. at Munfield, and it's kind of a flag football tournament uh, promoting charities. The, the teams get to pick the charity of their choice, and if they win, all the money that we accumulate throughout uh, gets donated to that particular charity. Right. So. And is this the first year for the Charity Bowl? It's actually the ninth, so it's the annual Green and White Charity Bowl. Oh, excellent. Um, so I guess, like, were you guys involved in this, uh, well, I, I guess, how has this progressed over the years? Um, we've, I think, you know, each year, obviously, new seniors take on the opportunity to get involved in different parts, and we took on philanthropy, and the, the philanthropy people from last year kind of passed it down with some notes and whatnot, and this year we're just trying to make it a little bit bigger and better than uh, the past, you know, trying to outdo ourselves like good MSU Spartans. So what are you guys doing to uh, make it bigger and better? Um, we've actually gone around to some of the IM teams that are playing right now and to some more businesses. We're trying to get more involved in the community of East Lansing as well and get them involved in the Charity Bowl this year. Uh, I think in the past it's been a little bit harder to organize and whatnot, so we're trying to just add on little by little and hopefully next year it'll be even bigger and better. All right. So um, how many teams do you guys have signed up for this? Right now, I want to say we have about six teams. We're looking at making it a 16 teams, so um, that's welcome for anybody who's listening to get on board. Um, we, 
what what we're looking for is 16. That's from what we know the maximum that we can play in the period of time that we have from 10 a.m. to 4 p.m. Um, so the first 16 teams that actually sign up will get to participate. Now, are there any sort of restrictions for the, the teams? Um, the teams are between 8 and 10 players, or 8 and 12, and actually. 12 players, and at least two of them have to be women. So we want um, women to participate as well. Awesome, awesome. Um, so I guess, like, uh, I mean... I mean are these um, teams that are going to be consisting from organizations? Um, like, uh, who can participate in this? Anybody. Anybody's welcome to. It's obviously put on by senior class council. Um, we want to get seniors involved, but anybody is welcome to participate in it, uh, freshman to senior. Um, organizations, we're, we're looking to get some teams from organizations, and we've, we've been trying to get the word out through um, mass emails and whatnot and flyers, so... And how are you guys going to determine the winner? It's single elimination, so we just take it one step at a time, and they compete until the end, and, you know, whoever comes out will have a first, second, and third place and prizes awarded to each of those. And then we are also raffling off some other great prizes. Yeah, STA um, has given us um, two trips to Chicago to raffle off, and Harper's has given us passes for Club 131 um, for booths and VIP. So we're raffling those off. So I guess, like, as far as, like, the raffle goes, um, who can participate in the raffle? Is it just the actual players, or is it people attending the event? Like, um, who who can win? That's actually a great question. Anybody, anybody who comes to cheer on the team, we will be um, selling the raffle tickets there. And also the team members themselves will get somehow, uh, the winners will get awarded raffle tickets for winning first, second, and third to, to be put in that raffle as well. So actually everybody and anybody who comes and joins us on November 5th will be able to participate in that. Awesome. Um, now when it comes to like the, the teams that you have thus far, like, um, do, I guess what, what are some of the team names that people have come up with? We actually, um, we haven't had any, um, I can't tell you offhand what the teams this year are, but we've had some, I'm trying to think of a couple, Playing to Win was one, um, and I'm trying to think. They, they came up with some pretty unique ones that I can't come up. I can't think of them either. Off the top of my head, um, but we're definitely looking for the unique uh, and team names this year. So, Do you guys remember who won last year? Or? I do not. They didn't inform us of that, so it's up in the air. Okay, so but there could possibly be some alumni teams, like teams have been together for oh they could pass it down yeah yeah pass it down that's awesome so um i guess like uh for organizations out there like um you know what do you what do you think are some of like the advantages of maybe like getting your organization involved in um doing this charity bowl I, I think getting the organizations, um, from what I know, a lot of organizations are always looking to kind of put their foot in the door with helping out charities in any way possible, and I think that's a great way to have fun and do it for a great cause and, you know, win some prizes in hand. So it gives it, it gives them advertisement as well as they get to help out their charity of choice. So 
whoever may uh, get involved, if they have a charity that they're working for in particular, it's a great way to donate some extra uh, money or whatnot that way. So It sounds like kind of like the Celebrity Jeopardy version of uh, football. Yeah. <laughs> so um, I guess, like, uh, do you know what charities um, people are already proposing to give the money to thus far? Uh, I know that there was some Special Olympics... Um, I'm trying to think. I know that between uh, fraternities and sororities, I know that they each individually have their own, which I don't quite know completely offhand which ones are which, but that's a real easy way for them to step up and add some extra push to those. So, But I know Special Olympics was a big make one a in the wish. past. Yeah, Make-A-Wish was also another big one. Okay. Now, um, how would a group go about organizing or registering their team? Um, we will have registration forms available at 101 Student Services Building. So if there's any questions on anything, um, you can go ahead and pick up one of those forms, and the contact information will be on that. So you can pick up the forms there and register. All right. We'll also have some flyers and announcements circulating through campus, so just keep your eyes open um, for those as well to, to see. We're sending out emails as well, which uh, hopefully will hit a lot of the group organizations, so for groups it's a little bit easier to get in contact with those, but for individuals, yeah, definitely. 101 Student Services is the place to pick up a forum, check out if you have any questions. The contact information is listed on those. All right. Um, it, well, is there, like, a website or a number, like, off? Actually, there we have the SEC website, but from our sources, um, We've had some difficulties trying to upload. We've wanted to upload the the registration form. So, if we do get to that, um, y you can check the the SCC website um, just by going on MSU and looking at senior search senior class council, and you'll click right on us. Um, and hopefully, we'll get that uploaded. If not, um, that's in the works. So, well, if um, it's not uploaded on there, there's. It has everyone's name and email address. So if you need, you know, some, uh, if you have contact questions, um, go ahead and look on there, and our e address should be on there. Email yeah, address. our email address will be under the philanthropy committee, so you can check us out there too. All right. Well, I want to thank both of you for coming on the show tonight. Um, and once again, that's the uh, Charity Bowl being sponsored by Senior Class Council um, coming up November 5th from 10 a.m. to 4 p.m. And registration information is available in 101 Student Services. Um, one more thing. Also, if you can't make it out, November 12th from 12 to 1 uh, at Munn Ice Arena, uh, there will be open to all seniors some skating to be had. So if you can't see us at the Charity Bowl, please stop in Monai Serena November 12th from 12 to 1. Excellent. Well, I want to thank you both for coming on tonight. Thank do, you. Do appreciate it. I'm going to actually pass the torch but um, to Progressive Torch and Twang. They're in the studio. Bad joke, I know. Um, but that's all that we've got for exposure. Lovely, another lovely week. Um, see you guys next Tuesday here on your Impact 88.9 FM. Thanks for listening to this evening's Exposure, only on 88.9 The Impact.